Editor of GlobalBusinessNews.net and Global HR News, and talk show host on Global Radio. Our special guest today is Mark Bacacci, Senior Manager of Global Mobility at Hilton Worldwide, based in the Washington, D.C. area, and I'm based here in San Diego, California. Today is May 14, 2019. We're going to be talking about worldview, global mindset and, of course, global mobility. Let's start by saying hello and welcome to Mark Picacci. Thank you so much, Ed. Thank you. I know it's a busy time. So let's get right into this. There's so much going on in the world of talent management and global mobility and global talent development and applications and the new gen. So give us a quick overview from your view, global mobility, policy changes, and evolution. What's going on? Thanks, Ed. It's definitely a hot topic, I think, in the industry. The world is continuously changing and evolving. And as it is, we continue, I think, in the mobility world to try and keep pace with that as well, whether it's technology, how we communicate to our assignees and transferees, how we make things easier for them, how we create an experience for them versus just administer a process. So, you know, we're constantly trying to keep pace with that, especially in our industry, in hospitality, where creating an experience is is of the utmost importance because we always look at trying to take care of our employees so that they are prepared to do the jobs that they need to do to inevitably take care of the guests of our hotels at all the Hilton hotels worldwide. So I think some of the things we're looking at, policy changes in terms of our global policy that governs international assignments and international transfers globally, We try to ensure that all the updates on our policies, whether it's how we define an accompanying dependent on an assignment, how we define length and terms and conditions of that assignment, that that's keeping pace with evolution and changes in society, as well as rules and regulations globally from one country to the other. So we're trying to keep pace with that as much as we can. And then as far as talent management and trying to have a bigger seat at the table, we try and partner with our talent management folks. We have a general manager development team now in HR here at Hilton that we're trying to create a good partnership with so that we can get in front of the game a bit and looking at a lot of our general managers that we move globally of different hotels and making sure that we can provide those talent managers the right tools to be able to prepare the general managers in terms of how long it takes to get somebody in country, how much it's going to cost, so that we can build a good pipeline and be prepared on making those changes and and finding the right talent for different roles. So I think we've had to upgrade our thinking a bit in those areas, specifically with Hilton. And we have a pretty unique dichotomy, I'd say, of how we're set up for our global mobility program, where we have about 85% or so of our population that are expats on the hotel operations side, which are mainly general managers, and then about 15% on the corporate side, which are mainly vice presidents and above going in corporate roles and working at our corporate offices. So, But definitely a hot topic, like you said, and something we continue to focus on. What we're saying here, what we're learning from you right now is that you have a seat at the table, quote unquote. So this didn't happen overnight. Did you get initial buy-in from the C-suite or did you just happen on to an occasion where your advice was recognized and then from that day forward, you had a seat at the table? 
That's a great question. I think it's a combination of a couple of things. And it's probably good just for framing that up until about three and a half years ago, I think we were, as a whole, we were kind of late in the game with global mobility for our company in our industry. Up until about three and a half years ago, we were largely mainly decentralized from an international assignment management perspective. Essentially, we had a very, very small team, a couple of people out in the UK that were really kind of managing the mobility program by helping out with monitoring, giving benefits like health coverage, medical and so forth, life and LTD and and things like that for our expats, as well as retirement benefits. But that was kind of it. All the relocation, immigration, taxation, and, and all the other areas of relocating somebody that are really important near and dear to their hearts as they make a big change in their life, that was all being done in a decentralized fashion between our different regional offices out there that were managing that process. And then what we tried to do is the team got a little bit bigger. We tried to centralize things a little bit, our office and the headquarters here in McLean, as well as in Watford in the UK outside of London. We tried to take on having one global vendor administer a lot of the relocation, as well as getting our arms a little bit more around our population out there to say, hey, if you are managing some things locally and it's working well, that's fine, but we'd like some central oversight to provide some consistency in terms of policy, be able to get all the data or as much of the data as we can, be able to communicate how much we're spending on assignments, and look at just building a better synergy with talent management out there. It's been a journey, and it continues to be a journey. I don't think we had much of a seat at the table prior to three and a half years ago. I think now that we've started to centralize a bit, particularly on the corporate side of things, we're able to obtain a better seat at the table. We're still not quite there where we want to be, but we're slowly building up a lot of good vibes and reputation out there with our business partners in the field, whether they're HR consultants or folks in the comp and Ben areas. But we are getting some more recognition out there in terms of awareness of the program and what we can do to help support all of these moves globally. We've definitely made a lot of progress in the last three and a half years, but we still have some ways to go, I'd say. So I I want to go a little bit deeper now and think about the organization and HR as a business partner and specifically the role of the person who has the responsibility of global HR. So is there someone involved with that title that is a stakeholder in this process of more coordination of global HR across the company? Yes, definitely. We have a fairly large HR program at Hilton because if you think about it, our company is just under 400,000 employees globally. So that's quite huge. And while a lot of that is in a franchise model arrangement where our team members of those hotels are actually employed by the owner of the hotel versus being employed by Hilton themselves, there still is a giant population out of that group that are managed by Hilton. So therefore, they conform to our procedures and practices out of corporate where we're trying to continuously do the things we can to help support the hotel's and create a better experience for them and so that they can do their jobs to serve the guests. So out of corporate in our global HR, essentially we have a couple thousand folks globally that work on the various aspects of HR. Here in McLean, we have about 
probably between 60 and 70 or so just here at corporate that are divided up between recruitment, HR consulting, benefits, learning and management, exact regular comp and bench. We've got data analytics. So we've got a bunch of different areas within HR. And then we've got leaders that oversee those various areas. Our global mobility program rolls up into the benefits function which then also rolls into the larger talent and rewards function, which then rolls into the larger HR. So you can imagine all the different layers that exist in a large company like that. So there's pros and cons, I'd say, to that in terms of where we are with mobility. We're probably a very small smidge on the giant radar of our global HR leader, per se. However, We do get really good exposure, I'd say, in terms of the fact that a lot of the folks that we are moving and supporting and our team members, especially on the corporate side, are very high level. And so those moves and those assignments get a lot of visibility with our global HR leaders, in which case we continuously, I mean, we want everybody to have a great experience in their international assignment. But of course, the high execs get a lot of hand-holding and a lot of attention when we work with our suppliers to ensure that that experience is top-notch. So so I'd say in the large scheme of things, our top global HR leaders globally, we're sort of a small department within benefits that helps handle these moves and support them. But we get a lot of exposure and visibility, which, which I think also helps us as employees on the team to just get more visibility and awareness and keep driving awareness of the program out there. So we're lucky to have them. We're lucky to have some really great leaders at the top that do support everything that we're doing in HR. We were recognized as the number one company to work for by Fortune 100 this year. It was a big initiative and huge celebration for us. We were number 33 last year. And I think our global leaders in HR had a lot to do with that, a lot of work that they put forth in helping create fantastic experiences for our team members. So yeah, I'm really excited about that and excited where it can take us going forward. Wow, that is really a great achievement to have that recognition. And thank you for that in-depth overview of your organization. I had no idea how, how large and complex it was. So if I can drill down for a second, everyone who moves within the organization passes through your hands, right? Essentially, yes. However, I think a lot of organizations that I've spoken to at the various conferences and forums, more or less, I mean, it depends on the industry you're in, but almost all of them have kind of a similar situation where they have a population of folks that they support. And most of them are the ones that kind of get all the bells and whistles and and go through the mobility department for all the support. And then there's maybe a couple outliers that either do their own thing or kind of adhere to a separate policy or just are more cost conscious. And so they're looking at alternate ways of doing things and administering the assignment. In our case, I'd say we have a pretty well-oiled machine where it all goes through our hands on the corporate side of the business. So those corporate assignees that go out all pretty much are under our purview, our full support 
for the various areas like reload tax, immigration, benefits, payroll, all of that, and are on that regular cycle, I'd say. On the hotel operations side, it's a little bit different. Still, a lot of those moves are managed locally. We do get some minor visibility into who they are, where they are, how long they're going to be there, and some other administrative type things like benefits and retirement, depending on their country combination. And they're all over. I mean, we've got, especially on the hotel ops side, as you could imagine, our business is in 138 countries. So we've got all kinds of different country combinations, especially in APAC and in the Middle East. So those hotel moves, we do get involved in some larger support for some of them, depending. But for most of them on that side, currently, it's still a pretty well a machine being managed locally within that region by those regional offices. But we do have plans to expand our support a bit and get our arms around those moves a little bit more by seeing what we can do to help out in terms of vendor management, supplier management, getting more data on those moves as we move forward years from now. So we are looking forward to getting more visibility there. And to what extent do you touch on business travel? Does compliance enter into that or are you involved at all in the business travel side of things? Good question. We're looking at it. Currently, our corporate travel team does a good job of trying to stay on top of the activity out there and if they're crossing a tax or immigration threshold in looking at them. Specifically, the first thing, I mean, we kind of look at is tax. If they're looking like they're crossing, depending on how long they're in a particular country, they'll come to us and we'll try and get that person on the radar of our tax supplier to ensure that they're going to be on their authorization list and we can give them tax services so that they're compliant, not just for the individual, but for the company. However, we still don't have, I'd say, a well-oiled machine in that regard. And I know it's a hot topic in the industry these days. And in and, and some companies, mobility owns it and others, maybe finance or corporate travel owns it. We're building a partnership with corporate travel to try and get our arms around going through a process where when we know somebody's traveling, we can get in front of the game and kind of catch it in the beginning to be able to say, how long do you expect that you'll be out there? Does it cross a tax or immigration threshold? And if it does, can it come to our department in mobility? So still a lot to come on that piece of it, but there are a couple of other areas compliance-wise that we want to tackle first specifically looking at technology and how we can improve that in terms of tracking. And once we build that out a bit, I think our next move is frequent business traveler to get on top of that. Yeah, thank you very much for your wealth of information. So let me dig a little deeper and ask you about recruitment, talent acquisition. Do you jump into that or are those managers tuned into your capabilities to assist them with the recruitment process? Yeah, no, we're working on that every day. We've been trying to build really productive, lasting relationships with our recruiting teams and our HR consulting teams. What I mean by HR consulting teams, that's what we call it here, but essentially they're the HR business partners that help kind of bridge the gap between recruiting and the businesses that they're supporting. And then they bring us in when there is a relocation involved. And I'd say for the past couple of years, we've made huge strides in really building those relationships up, getting their mindsets to think in terms of, okay, what are the tax and immigration? Those are the two big flags we think of 
that we need our businesses to know about when thinking about putting a person in this particular country. And we get a lot of unique scenarios. It's not just, hey, we're moving John Doe from McLean to Singapore for three years and it's a run-of-the-mills assignment. We get even much more now of the, hey, Mark, we've got John Doe who's been in Singapore for eight years. They're a UK citizen. They've got family in the Philippines. We're looking at seeing if we can set them up to go visit family for half the year and also work remotely. What are the tax and immigration implications? Can we support that? Is it good for the company? Is it good for the team member? You know, so there's a lot of tentacles to a lot of these things. So we're continuously building partnerships with these two groups. One of the things we've done is set up regional care calls every month or every other month with our stakeholders in those groups so that we can ensure that they're up to speed in terms of the initiatives that we're working on, whether it's our policy changes, our packages, and how they're aligned for international assignments, the areas where we're seeing some movement or forecasting movement throughout the world, what are the new immigration trends, you know, Brexit updates, things like that. So we're continuously educating them on the program and what we can bring to the table in terms of providing support. I'm glad you asked the question because I think it's a huge piece of mobility is not just about moving individuals. It's about the customers you're supporting who aren't just the assignees in our case. It's the owners of our hotels, but it's really also the recruiters, the HR consultants and HRBPs, the comp and ben folks that essentially, in my mind, more or less are writing our paychecks. I mean, that's why we're here is to serve them and help them structure and get their foot in front of the hire that they're going to make for that particular assignment so that the expectations are set. Still a work in progress, I'd say, but we're getting there in helping them when they're making their decisions on evaluating the talent that they're going to put in a new role. Thank you very much. It's a work in progress, but obviously a very valuable growth opportunity for everybody because it makes more sense to bring in a professional who knows the territory about not only the emotional side of relocation, recruitment, but the practical aspects, how they impact the company, tax, and yeah. clients, and, and, you know, whatever. If you don't take care of the people, they're going to not be happy. They're not going to be productive. So that directly, in my view, it directly impacts the business. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. So there's a lot of stakeholders in mobility. It's, I, mean, I mean, the new world of mobility is, it's always been like this, but now it's recognized and being used more. Isn't that right? I would agree with that. It's interesting from company to company, too. I used to work at Lockheed Martin, and I think in the defense world, you know, and I was in mobility there, the defense world, you have a lot more specialized knowledge in some of these key jobs and positions that people want to move people. So, for example, you know, we had folks there in that company that we'd move from maybe a Fort Worth, Texas to an air base somewhere, and they'd be on site working alongside the military, working on building an F-35 or some other plane. And what was interesting about that is very specialized knowledge. And a lot of the folks that would move from those areas in the U.S. that mainly were small towns, Fort Worth obviously is not a small town. That's probably a bad example. But but there are other areas or a small town where really kind of the Lockheed plant they were at was, was it. And Maybe they had never stepped foot outside the country or even their own state. So that transition was huge for them. And we worked a lot on 
hand-holding and, and ensuring that that transition would go smoothly. Here, it's a little different with Hilton. We've got, I think, because of the nature of our business in, in hospitality, travel, tourism, all that, a lot of the folks that are moving have been in that travel mode most of their lives, and so they're a little more used to taking on these assignments. Still, no question, it's a huge transition for them, especially if they have kids involved, but they also seem to be more in tune with taking on the challenge and then moving on to a new role in in a new particular country. But we still do all we can to ensure that culturally they are helped out too by some of the tools that our providers can help them with. But yeah, to your point, I think, no question, it's getting more visibility. We're getting more of a seat at the table companies are going out and doing a lot more in terms of moving folks internationally, giving them new opportunities, building their careers, giving them the experience abroad. And we want to just continue doing that, uh, particularly on the hotel side as folks build their careers. Because our general managers of our hotels don't really, for many of them that are expats out there, they don't really have a, a home type per se. Most of those expats are bouncing around between, you know, one hotel for one for three, four years and then going to another one and then another one versus returning home per se. So so it's really a lifelong career and, and really one that, that is quite interesting if if you ask me. Now I want to get to a topic that people are talking about and it's, it's been lurking around forever and it's a kind of a no brainer once you think about it. But the role of employer branding, quote unquote, employer brand and transferees, relocatees, people who are moved to go into a new situation, they actually carry, in my view, they actually carry the employer brand on their shoulders <laughs> as yeah. they walk around and their footprint, I mean, the company's footprint is literally on the backs of assignees and families. And yep. in my experience, and I'm in the public relations side of things, not in the trenches, but I don't see transferees being trained whatsoever by marketing people who know what they're talking about when it comes to employer brand, what they should do, do's and don'ts when they're on assignment, how they should behave, how they should dress, what they should say or not say. What do you think about all that? It's a great topic, and I've seen this a little bit here. Even in my former role, my former company, Lockheed, like I said, there are some, depending on the nature of the business and what you're going over to do specifically, there are some courses out there in terms of business etiquette. I've seen that here. I saw that before where somebody can get little bit of a knowledge base culturally on how things go over there in terms of negotiations, in terms of meetings, culture. I think if it's a business development type of role or something of that nature, sales oriented and so forth, where there's going to be some of that taking place, then you really want to make sure that you have the backbone and the experience and some training on how to behave specifically in that culture. I mean, obviously, and you probably hear about this all the time, specifically in the APAC region, you've got a lot of countries there that do business just a little differently than we do here in the States. And you have to be cognizant of that when you do go out. I think for us at Hilton, like I kind of mentioned before, a lot of our folks specifically on the telop side have been around the block, so to speak. So they're very in tune with the cultural differences And especially given they're in the service industry and they have been their whole lives in hospitality or for most of their lives, they kind of are in tune with that proper 
nurturing that goes along with running a hotel, not only to be able to treat your staff with compassion and composure, but also all the guests that are coming to your hotels. And they're really in tune with it, specifically within those particular regions and those countries. There are courses that we do have that can help educate a lot of our folks out there, but there's no question that they take it very seriously in terms of employer branding and knowing that they are representing Hilton for any role that they're going out to, both on the corporate side as well. And a lot of our corporate assignees that are high level out there are not just working in the corporate offices, but they're actually going to visit a lot of the hotels, whether it's marketing that they're doing or finance, they're, they're going out and they're talking to owners. So these are very high level meetings out there and, and you've got to be able to kind of know how to deal with people internationally to be able to, to meet the objective there. Thank you. So we're running out of time here. Unfortunately, we can go on and on. So quickly, technology and the impact of tech and, of course, the younger people, the new generation coming in already here. The importance of technology as it applies to assignment management. Did you want to address that? Sure, sure. I think it's of utmost importance. I think you know, I've spoken with a lot of colleagues out in the field and there's still a lot of companies out there that are using spreadsheets to track folks. Um, really depends on how large your program is, how much of a seat at the table you have within your organization and structure. So I think it's of utmost importance. We have some technology that we utilize through our one of our suppliers to help track folks and, and track spend and so forth. We're looking at other options out there, and, and there are some really good ones out there that partner with a lot of the suppliers in obtaining information. Um, I Quick turnarounds on cost projections that a lot of our businesses and stakeholders need is, is huge. They need to know how much it's going to cost to get somebody out there so they can share it with their business leader, and they need it right away. They need it that day. And so being able to have technology that can do that effectively is really important, can give the right numbers, specifically from a tax perspective. And then just being able to have a lot of our stakeholders get into a tool that's easy to navigate and can produce some quick results and snapshots of reporting of who we have out there to spend, how folks are getting paid, just to make sure that everything's compliant. You know, it's funny how in mobility, we know how much that means and how important that is to have a compliant program. The rest of the folks in the company that don't know mobility need to sort of understand that value proposition and, and don't maybe don't get it at first as much as we do. And that that brings the onus on us to be able to have to educate them on why that makes sense and why it's important and why there could be penalties from a taxation standpoint, penalties for immigration and people getting detained if they don't have the right visa and don't get in or don't get in front of that, you know, with the proper service level from our supplier. So, you know, I think it just feeds into us having to continuously educate folks on the importance, but there's no question technology is an emerging factor in being able to be competitive as a top global mobility program. So we're doing all we can to push that and make sure that we can continue to have great technology solutions to, to be able to be compliant with our program. So um, on your LinkedIn, and I'm seeing something here. I don't know, is this still timely? Are you still looking for a manager of global mobility? 
We are. We are. We have an open position for manager of global mobility here in McLean at our headquarters after one of our former managers in Watford left the company. So we do have an open position now. We're currently looking at some candidates and talking to some. We're still in some early stages of that. But yeah, we're excited about welcoming a new person to the team. Well, I say this because of what we were just talking about, about the stakeholders. There's so many stakeholders that you have when you're dealing with mobility. And it says here, this role will require considerable collaboration across Existing stakeholders in total rewards, HR consulting, field ops, recruitment, legal, payroll, finance, as well as close partnership with senior business leaders across the company. So the mobility business, if you will, the mobility business is actually like an executive training program, isn't it? Because there's so many aspects to it. This is not something you go to college for, but perhaps it should be. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it, it, it really is. I always say we're a jack of many trades, master of none. That's one, one joke kind of industry where it's, you know, we know a little bit about every single moving piece of it, but we may not be the absolute 100% expert in each of them. And that's what we rely on our expert suppliers for. But we are experts in connecting the dots, so to speak. And that is where our true value is, is just handling and being kind of that main center COE of all the moving pieces interfacing with all those different areas of whether it's finance, legal, benefits, payroll, consulting, onboarding, all that tax immigration reload. So it's just making sure that pinwheel of support is continuously burning and churning as a transfer is occurring or an assignment's occurring. But yeah, to your point, I think a lot of people in the industry never majored in this in college and maybe stumbled upon it later in their life, but maybe it will be at some point. You know, it's a very interesting field with rapid changes in laws and regulations in different countries. So I find it exciting. I have a lot of passion for it and can't see myself doing anything else right now. That's great. So I thank you very much for being my guest today, interview conversation on Global HR News Radio. This has been a delight for me, and thank you, Mr. Mark Picacci, Senior Manager, Global Mobility with Hilton Worldwide. Yeah, thank you so much, Ed. Really appreciate the time. Always enjoyable to talk with you. All right, be back to you soon. Thank you. This is Ed Cohen signing off from San Diego, and that was Mark Picacci, Senior Manager, Global Mobility at Hilton Worldwide. Thank you, Global HR News Radio, signing off. I think to myself, what a wonderful world.